Welcome to the Happy Workplace Podcast. My name is John Ferris, and I'm passionate about leadership in the workplace and maximizing your potential. I'm not a millionaire, and I drive an old car. I've worked in many different jobs in both corporate and nonprofit companies, leading teams of paid and unpaid employees. I'm not yet 30, and I'm the production manager at an artisan food company whose product is popular all across Canada. I don't have all the answers, just my story and how I got here. I'm back. The summer's been a little bit crazy. You know, I ended season one saying that I was going to take a few weeks, and here we are a few more than a few weeks away from that. And uh, yeah, just uh, really excited to be back, though. Uh, If this summer was crazy for you, it was for me as well, too. I remember having a conversation actually just last weekend uh, with a few friends saying, when did summer start? Because it really doesn't seem like it has yet. Well, this summer alone uh, at work, my company moved buildings and everything that, you know, involved in that, working longer hours and, and everything there. And then my AC broke uh, during that move. And then my son got croup. And then currently right now, I'm actually waiting for the paint to dry in my bathroom before I install a new floor and a vanity. So it's been a little bit of a busy summer. And here we are already in September. It just feels like it's flown by. But with that being said, I'm incredibly excited for season two, which was supposed to be talking about being a boss, talking about how to lead people well, what not to do, what to do. But instead, because of what the summer's been like for me, I want to do something where, you know, for me over these few weeks was really just calling to me. You know, this summer alone at work, we were having to hire a ton of people because of all the growth that we've been having. So I actually ended up you know, contacting probably about 150 people uh, in total for this summer. I conducted at least about 50 interviews and I hired 10 people. So I felt like the entire summer I was looking for people to hire. Um, Literally, I was, I did have an ad out the entire time, probably from about May until now. Um, And yeah, that entire time I spent looking for people, sifting through resumes, trying to find people who I thought would be a good fit. So what I want to do is I want to talk about interviews. I want to talk about, you know, how to do them well, some things not to do, but I also want to have some fun with it. So like I said, for how many people I interviewed, I've seen some crazy stuff happen, and I want to share those stories with you. And then what I want to do is I want to tell you how to prepare, how to actually do the interview, and then some really practical steps for leaving the interview. So this week is gonna be some funny stories. We're gonna talk through a couple things that happened in the interviews. Hopefully you can learn from some of these and yeah, learn what not to do. So here we go, I'm gonna tell you one of my favorite interview stories. Uh, This happened at a different job. I was interviewing a student who was just graduating high school. Um, He was going to be doing an internship for me over the summer. It didn't pay anything, however, it would have given him a really good experience uh, that would have looked great on his resume. Um, I did something similar, uh, actually in a paid position, but that was ultimately what landed me my last job. So for him, this would have been a great experience. Anyway, all that to say, 
He comes for the interview. Now, our interview is at 2 o'clock, and he shows up at 10 after 1. Okay, so he's 50 minutes early now for the interview. And obviously, I decide, okay, you know, I'm in another interview, so he's got to wait, and then i got to prepare for it, and I'm just, I'm not ready for it, right? So I make him wait a little bit, and then I go and I do the interview. And I don't remember what I asked, but the first question I asked him he proceeds to start to answer it, and then he pulls his chair back a little bit, and I'm unsure if he's going to stand up or what he's doing, but he leans over, and he begins to tie his shoe. And I'm like, okay. But while he's doing this, he's getting distracted and, like, fumbling his words a little bit, and I'm literally sitting here, like, not able to connect with him in the same way because there's no eye contact, and I'm watching him tie his shoe, which he's struggling to answer the question and struggling to tie his shoe at this point. Anyway, he finally gets the shoe tied up. And I'm just thinking, okay, that's over with. We can move on. Well, then he proceeds to fix the knot on his other shoe. And I'm just, I'm dying at this point because, you know, it was a, more of a professional setting. And uh, this was just not, not that at all, right? Um... Another time, I had someone who showed up about 15 minutes late for an interview. And uh, I had already left my office. I was somewhere out. Someone came and got me. So as I was coming back in, I realized I had actually already thrown their resume in the recycling. And at the time, I keep the recycling right in my office in the plain view of the person I'm interviewing. So I literally have to reach into the recycling to pull out their resume for this interview, which clearly sends a message of, you know, what I was feeling at that point. Like I knew this was over, but for the sake of it, I got to give them the interview. Anyway, the first question I asked them is, did you have any trouble finding it? So I'm thinking 15 minutes late, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, as their place could have been a little bit tricky to find. But without missing a beat, they jump in and say, no, no, it was super easy to find. In my mind, the interview's over, it's done, we might as well stop, but the rest of the interview was really not much better beyond that. I had someone else who canceled an interview uh, that I had set up because they said it wasn't enough money. And that's fair enough, no problem. However, a few weeks later, they sent me a message requesting an interview. What, all of a sudden now it is enough money? What happened was, I'm sure, is that they tried to find other jobs, couldn't get anything, and then tried to come back to us. Well, how long is that person going to stay until they can find something better? That's just not going to work out. I had another person who looked really promising on a resume, filled a lot of needs for us, and checked a lot of boxes. However, I'd set up an interview for them, and then that morning they messaged me saying, I'm going to have to reschedule because of a headache. Now, I get headaches being really bad, but something as important as an interview, it needs to be held as important too. So if it really is a bad enough headache that you need to reschedule, say a little bit of the history beyond it or something. Don't just say I have a headache because someone like myself who gets very mild headaches and my wife who gets very extreme headaches, I don't have as much compassion for that as someone like my wife would. I had another person who... You know, I was interviewing and I was asking them their reasons for leaving the job. Why, why did they leave this previous job? 
And before I tell you their answer, I need to tell you a little bit about the company I'm working at now. It is very much a, a family-owned business. So our owner's family is very involved in it, okay? Um, but then we also employ two brothers who work together. So family is a very big part of our DNA, and it's really ingrained into that. And you can see that all over our website. It's part of who we are. So in this interview, the guy answers my question of reasons for leaving another job and says, well, my uncle worked there, and I could not work with family. That's a terrible thing to say to a family-owned company. It just doesn't make any sense. Another time, I was interviewing someone, and they tell me, like, right away in the interview, they had had two previous workplace injuries. I don't care, you know, the reasons behind that. That just screams that you're not a safe worker, that it's not going to be worthwhile to hire you. Now, I'm not saying you should hide that, but, you know, tell the story. Don't just jump out and say that. Um, this is just a personal pet peeve of mine, but excessive bragging. Um, you know these people in interviews who say, oh, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And every time they say it, the I've is like the highlight of that sentence. That's where their voice goes up. That's where it peaks for them. And there's no we, there's no team. If you listen to my other episodes, you've heard me say that. Say we and team. Don't say I. Interview might as well be over at that point. Um, I work for a soup company where we're making a dried product. It's not Campbell's. It's in a clear bag um, where we're not, you know, making soup in a pot. But the amount of people I get that come into the interview and say, I love to cook. Cooking is one of my favorite things. My family and I were always cooking. I worked in restaurants before, which is why I'm really excited to be able to, to cook here and prepare food. They haven't read anything about our company at that point, but they're playing it off like they know exactly what is going on. I've even asked people, and one of the many questions I asked them is, are they familiar with our company? And I had someone say, yes, very familiar with the company, and then come in and say that they love to cook and they're excited to prepare food. And I was like, Okay, so either you're lying or you don't understand the company at all, which is really hard to not get from our website. Um, this is another one that happens way more than you would think, is that someone will call you or email you and they'll ask for more information about the position, okay? Which sounds fair, but when I tell you the stories, you're going to see that it's actually not... So I've never had anyone ask for more information who hasn't asked me a question that's A, on the job description, or B, is way too soon to ask. I'll tell you what I mean by that. So on the job description, I'll say what the pay is. It'll say, you know, time of day that we work from. It'll say, you know, who they're reporting to, stuff like that. They'll ask those questions. Okay, what does it pay? Uh, what's the address? Google it. Don't waste my time with that, right? Like find out about the company. What's the address? Uh, what does it pay? What are the hours? Again, listed on the ad. Okay, that's the one side of it. The other side of it is calling and asking, is there room for promotion? That is way too soon because you haven't even gotten an interview yet and you're already asking that. Or like, 
you know, would there be room for me to have my friend work there? And these are all true things that they're just getting way ahead of the game, asking questions that are solely focused on will it work for them and not even thinking, do we want to hire them? So please don't ever call or email your company asking for more questions unless you've thoroughly read through the job description and then are, are still wondering about something. Ask someone if they feel it's appropriate, okay? Try to avoid that because I've never given a job to anyone who's asked for more information. But maybe that's just me. I don't think so though. Uh, I was doing an interview and how I do interviews is uh, it, I always do them with two people. So it's myself and then our team leader who do them. And our team leader, she's fantastic. She's perfect in these interviews. You really don't want two guys or two girls doing it is what I find. I find like everything else you want balance. Okay, so a male and a female in it, it makes the, um, the interviewee more comfortable. Uh, you pick up on different things and it really just, you know, balances things out. Okay, so we were interviewing one gentleman and uh, in the interview, he never once made eye contact with our team leader. He never once looked her in the eye, acknowledged that she was there. To be completely honest, he was being sexist, I think. He was totally avoiding eye contact like she wasn't even there. But here's the thing is that even though they would be working for me, his direct supervisor will not be me. It will be her and actually another female working for um, our team leader, which would be his supervisor. So be very careful when you're in an interview, when there's multiple people in the room, to spread out your eye contact, to not just focus on one person, because you never know who has the power in the room. You might impress the big boss, but maybe the big boss doesn't get the final say, or the other way too. You might impress the supervisor, but the big boss does not like you. So make sure you're spreading out your eye contact, you're spreading out your answers, everything across a level playing field for everyone in that room, because what you want is you want everyone to feel the same about you. If people feel different, they'll feel like they won't know you, okay? Let me tell you a funny story about this that kind of illustrates this. One of the most awkward interviews I've ever uh, had to be in in my life was when I was interviewing for a job and I was, uh, I was this time coming for the job and there were five other people in the room and myself. Okay, now this room was not set up well. It was a very unprofessional place. Um, that was just the culture there and the nature of the work. Um, I get end up sitting on this love seat, which I have no idea why I was on it, with this like this big guy who I had never met before in my life and was just sitting too close to me. And uh, everybody is like around this circle, all eyes on me. So the guy conducting the interview leans forward and he puts his elbows on his knees and he leans forward and he puts his chin in his hands and he's got all of his attention drawn on me. So, you know, I've got 10 set of eyes on me. Everyone's looking at me really hard to do eye contact. It was such an awkward interview. Honestly, I was shocked I got off from the job after it. But this tells you the importance of eye contact because everyone in that room actually played a vital part in hiring me, which is what I found out later. 
is that they went around the room after I left and found out everyone's opinion and everyone in the room was really excited to have me come aboard. But I remember another time I was interviewing someone and uh, they were just going way overboard with their skills. Okay, and this is a resume thing. When you're making a resume, you don't want too much on there. Too much on a resume actually says that you're bragging or that you're just putting it on there and it doesn't mean anything. The skills section of a resume is probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen uh, on a resume because the skills are just irrelevant or they're not actually skills. Exceptional people person. Works well independently and part of a team. No one works well independently and part of a team. <clears throat> people have a range. They work well on their own or they work well with people. They can do both, but they are do really well in one and not as well on the other. So to say that they're both skills is just lying or not understanding yourself. One of the funniest examples of this is that when I was interviewing, one of the funniest examples of this is that as I was sorting through resumes, I came across one that just had, you know, an absurd amount of skills on it. And one of the skills on there was the ability to handle cash. They had hands. That's what their skill was. I can handle cash. My son, who's not even two yet, can handle cash. He just so happens to rip up the bills. Another one of their abilities was an ability to problem solve. Really, you have the brain capacity to try to solve a problem? That is not a skill. A skill is something that only you can do or something that you put time and energy into. That's something that you were born with or not hands that you were given. Well, on the topic of resumes, be weary of funky resumes. I've seen borders that are different colors. I've seen formatting that is just crazy. I've seen pictures on resumes. I've seen logos on resumes. I've seen resumes with no skills on them. I've seen resumes with no experience on them. Just be very mindful of it and try to follow a very basic layout that's simple. And please, for the sake of clarity and for the sake of saving the planet, make it one page. I was interviewing someone who was just rambling and rambling and usually it's about a half hour interview. It's already going over an hour. He had a four-page resume and said it was impossible to get it down to one. And after listening to him for five minutes, I knew exactly what his problem was. He liked to talk way too much. I'll leave you with one final story and then I'll set up next week. Be very careful about your social media. Okay? I look up every single applicant that applies that I want to go forward with on social media. Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, uh, I will check one of them. For me, it's Facebook. But be careful what you actually post on there. Because I remember finding one individual who in their skills section on their resume said that they were highly passionate about their work. Okay, I don't really believe that, but sure, we'll, we'll say that's true. I go and I check their social media and the very first thing I see on their timeline is a post that they've got up there that says, I blank, and you can fill in the blank, hate working. Okay? 
I'm very, I'm highly passionate about my work. On their social media, I blank hate working. You're not passionate about your work. That's not a skill. So you want to come across one way and you want to be another way. Be very, very careful with that. Next week's going to be more of the same. It's going to be some more funny stories about interviews. But next week, I'm going to tell you my very, very favorite interview story. I did this interview uh, about last fall, and it was a complete train wreck from the get-go. And it was just an unusual experience, and I want to tell you all about it. So tune in next week for that story, and I've got a lot more else to talk through. And then beyond that, we're going to talk about how to actually do interviews now that you know how not to do an interview. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, believe it or not, we actually have 100 listens come in as I just checked it today. And that's absolutely incredible to me that 100 people or enough people listen to certain episodes that that's happening. Uh, so thank you for the support. Thank you for actually tuning in and listening to this. If you found this helpful, uh, please share it with someone who could use some of these tips. If you found this funny, please share it with someone who could really use a laugh. And if you're going for an interview, uh, please send me a message. I'd love to try and help you uh, to just give you a few pointers or stay tuned and listen to these as they're coming up.